to The Andy Griffin Show, the number one talk show in St. George, starring Andy Griffin. Oh, yeah, I'm back. I'm not going to lie, I've been on a tropical island and it's been pretty awesome. Uh, but I am back and uh, I apologize uh, that uh, I wasn't here live the last uh, last week or so. But uh, I apologize to the listener. I don't apologize to my family because we had a great time. So I've got a couple of guests in studio today. We will be taking some phone calls uh, later on during the show. Uh, and tomorrow, I've, I've with my having missed a week or so tomorrow i've reserved the day we are going to take phone calls all hour long no no set topic we're just going to jump into it and get everybody's input and i have a feeling we'll be talking about mitt romney and michael bloomberg and the coronavirus uh which uh, what's it? it has a new name now but uh, anyway uh, all that uh, all that will be coming up tomorrow on the program today we've got Vic Iverson, the Washington County Commissioner. Vic, how are you today? Great, and welcome back. Thanks for thanks for coming in today. You look sharp, and you brought, you brought a friend too. Everybody everybody needs to have a lawyer in their hip pocket, they, right? They, they really do. They really do. You know, um, I'm here with Eric Clark. Eric Clark is uh, now the county attorney. Uh, some of you might have read that um, after 17 years, um, uh, Brock Belknap has taken a very important job mm-hmm. with with the water district and so he stepped down and uh we've appointed um eric clark to be the interim county attorney until the next election eric has announced that he is going to go ahead and ask the voters to uh to approve our our um appointing him but i just wanted to introduce him to the and and talk a little bit you know every time we come in andy i i'd like to talk a little bit about county government and uh, a lot of people think the county government is simply us three county commissioners, when in reality, we the county attorney is elected, the county sheriff, Corey Pulsifer, mm-hmm. is elected, our clerk auditor, Kim Haven, is elected, our treasurer, is uh, David Whitehead, is elected, you have an elected recorder, uh, Russ Schertz, and uh, an assessor, Tom Durant, who is, is elected. And we work as kind of a team in governing the county and, and representing the people, and of course, the county attorney's office is, is critical. And so Eric has been working as a, a deputy county attorney, but also as a lead civil attorney, which really means that he's been working very closely with the county commission and all of the other elected officers in the county on, on a variety of issues, um, issues that a lot of people will be very familiar with. For example, RS-2477, which is our lawsuits over, over roads and right-of-ways. Uh, Eric has been right at the, the point of the spear on that. We... We have uh, some exciting movement, I believe, or, you know, it's hard to say, you know, movement, but it is going forward. Um, obviously, we're working very hard on on this uh, habitat conservation plan renewal and, mm-hmm. and a possible um, northern corridor right away that we're seeking. And as I came in today, I, I thought I was going to be a little bit late, and as I was getting off the freeway onto the to the um, Boulevard, it reminded me again of why we need that. You know, traffic was starting to back up and it was starting mm-hmm. to look there. You know, we also have a lot of other important things that the county attorney's office has been doing as far as um, what we call court support services, which is really kind of helping work with folks that are inside the justice system and trying to um, reduce recidivism and, and get them the help they need. And also, we've been involved in in what's called opioid lawsuit. So there's quite a few things that that Eric has, has been really involved in as far as the county, and I thought it would be important to bring him in. And, and We, we and should probably let him talk now, right? I, you know, Vic, I should I, probably I, just <laughs> shut up. You know, you, you put a microphone in front of a politician, and, and that's kind of a dangerous place. First of all, Eric, thank you for coming in today. It's good to see you, man. appreciate you being here. Thanks for having me, Andy. I'm excited to be here. 
Now, uh, lawyer by trade, how, what, where'd you go to school? Where are you from? So I'm originally from the metropolis of Tropic, over by Bryce Tropic, Canyon. okay, all right. Population what, 100? Population 490 Oh, okay. Oh, it's it's pretty big then. Okay. Yeah. Um, I did my undergrad up at Utah State, and then my law degree is from BYU. Okay, very good. Very good. Now, uh, you uh, was the plan kind of to get back to St. George eventually, or, or southern Utah anyway, eventually? That was always the hope. I was lucky enough. I finished law school and spent a year working for, for Judge Stewart in Salt Lake, and then was able to just come down here right after that. So I've been down in the county attorney's office for nine years now, and and all of that time I've worked with the county commissioners and the other elected officials on on whatever issues they're working on to help make sure that things are done, hopefully in a way that doesn't get the county sued. And yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, let, let's let's circle back to Vic for a second and talk about Brock Belknap and and the need for for Eric to come in. Uh, tell us what Brock is doing now, why he's doing it, and how long how long was he the county commission or county uh, attorney? So, seventeen years as, wow. as the county attorney, twenty three years uh, with the with the county. He actually had what Eric Eric's role prior to being a county attorney, and um, there's been a transition of the water district, as you know. Uh, Ron sure. Thompson, after after a great career up there, has stepped down and and. Uh, my former uh, colleague on, on the commission, uh, Zach Rinstrom, yeah. is is now the general manager. Uh, we we kind of give him a hard time about taking some of the great talent from the county uh, as they uh, for key positions up there. But but basically, um, Brock Belknap will be heading up all the legal work in regards to um, the Lake Powell pipeline. Oh wow! So some some of your listeners will be familiar with Barbara Yelly, who has been just an institution up there. And uh, she has stepped down, um, you know, just needs to, you know, come to that point in her life that she wanted to do something different. Mm-hmm. And so Brock will be filling that role along with kind of some other roles. So he's the guy that's going to have to sort through all those thousands of pages of environmental impact things. And, Absolutely. Oh, wow. Absolutely. I, don't, I don't envy him that. I can't imagine to somebody better than Brock, though. I mean, yeah. I think Eric would speak to the quality of uh, person that they've hired up there. Not not just the quality of person, but the, the legal analysis. I mean, Brock's mind is just razor sharp. So hmm. if there's anybody that can go up there and, and kind of deal with that process, and it is a process. Yeah, you know, a that, big I mean, one. It's, um, he's going to be phenomenal up there, and I'm excited to see how that goes and, and the things the Water District's able to do for us. Okay, you, you know, you think of uh, attorneys, and you think of, you know, uh, personal injury attorneys or maybe divorce lawyers or whatever. Uh, how do you, how did Brock maybe, and maybe maybe you don't do or don't know, how did he get involved in the more of the public service type things? And then with, with you, Eric, how did you end up this way? Because that's not traditionally what you think of when you go to law school. Yeah, so I, that's a good question. And, and I'll tell a little bit of Brock's personal story, and then he'll get after me later. Okay. Um, Just don't let him sue you. <laughs> Brock... <laughs> Brock graduated from BYU Law School and and got a job at a big law firm in Salt Lake. Sure. And he did that for around the traditional five thing. years. That's what yeah. you think is going to happen, right? Ma- making good money, doing sure. a lot of working a lot of hours. Um, and and the way he described it to me is he said, Eric, I realized that I'd I felt like I dated just about every eligible lady in Salt Lake, and I I just figured I'd come home, be closer to family, be around nieces and nephews. Um, came down here, and he was was lucky enough to meet his wife Shanti really soon afterwards and they they got married and have just they're just such an amazing couple um and family now with the kids that they have sure and so he he came down here thinking 
well, I'll, I'll transition down into the St. George legal market, get a job at the county attorney's office, and then 20-odd years later, um, it's it, it, it ended up being a great fit for him and, and amazing for our community with all the different things he was able to be involved in. So it was a temporary move for a lot of – I don't know how you ended up here, Vic, but the same thing for me. I took a job down here as a transition to, to move on to the next thing, and son of a gun if I didn't stay here 26 years now. Yeah. So, All right, now what, what about you, Eric? So I have always loved um, state and local government. I, I just okay. – I, I, I've been fascinated by it. I was a teenage Republican in high school, um, got a kick out of that kind of stuff, and just the fact that representative government – works fairly well it's messy sometimes and and, you know we have our issues and sometimes we're not as efficient as we'd like to be but representative government is a cool thing and and we do it better than anywhere else in the world and we have done for a lot of years in our country so it's something that i was always fascinated in um before i went to law school i actually taught elementary school for a couple of years down in phoenix really and with a with a program called Teach for America, so I was in like a super low income area and and working with some kids that had family struggles that they were working through, um, and I I did that and I just thought you know what people that are in local government have an opportunity to actually impact lives and make a difference and and address some of those issues that that we deal with and and you see I mean. Victor knows this. The county commission level, they they impact lives in a lot of ways on a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. And so it was always something that I was interested in, and I was just lucky enough when time came to be applying for jobs that I was able to get one where I was just working in that. And you were deputy county attorney. Is that, is that the right Yes, and, uh, and what we call a lead uh, civil attorney. So basically inside the county attorney's office, you have your prosecutors, mm-hmm. which need to handle all of the criminal cases that come through. And, and that's a large portion of, of, the, of the county attorney's office. But also we have a very important need for, for uh, civil uh, attorneys in representing on a variety of cases, especially when we're interacting with the federal government. Um, and there's so much uh, federal regulation involved. We need to have an attorney to help sort us through. And, and okay. Eric has always been that that person for us. So, do, do, is it fun? Is it an interesting job? The, the, your old one versus your new one? So, yeah. And and the the good thing is that a lot of the things that I, that I've been working on, um, I'll get to continue working on as the county attorney. You know, for example, um, a couple of years ago, the count, the attorney's office started a program called Court Sports Services. Court and, support services, okay. And what that program does is we have a, a full staff that is there to, when someone's charged with a crime, um, they can they can choose to go into our to court support services and get assessed by a social worker. And, and we look at mental health issues, we look at substance abuse issues. And, and then that social worker spends a half a day with them, generally, and, and then makes a recommendation to the prosecutor, the defense attorney, and the judge and says, hey, this person, you know, maybe rather than, than spending three months in jail, they need to spend three months in a treatment facility. Hmm. Um, and, and then as, as the prosecutor and the defense attorney work together on what kind of a plea deal works best for this person, they take that into account. And as long as the person then agrees to that and fulfills the treatment program, then their penalty isn't as severe. Now, if they if they get into it and they don't do it, then we have trackers in the court support service program that help them. Well, they, they go back to the prosecutor and say, "Hey, this person, 
bailed on their treatment or they're not going to everything sure. they're supposed to do. And then they've got gel hanging over their head, mm-hmm. um, which they would have had anyway without the program, right? So they, they kind of have that consequence still there, but but we're looking at, at helping them with their issues rather than just locking them up for a time and letting their issues still be there when they get out. So, you know, that that's obviously a big thing the county attorney's office has been involved in. As, as lead civil attorney, I was able to be kind of on the ground helping write the policies, get that up and off, get hmm. that up and running. Now I just step over to where I'm like working in the oversight role more than I was the support role. That's that um, system that Eric just described is a pilot program that's really kind of cutting edge as far as as we're looking at our justice population and finding out that our our local county jails are basically you know they're serving as our our mental hospitals they're serving as our detox centers they're serving a, a lot of roles true and and um, it's not enough just to arrest people and house them for a certain period of time and then release them back out because they'll be back because they'll be back and we have you know repeat offenders and so um, this was in response to some legislation that was passed by the state of Utah and, and we're getting a lot of um, uh, the state of Utah is really excited as we're we're gathering data, you know, as far as effectiveness of this program. But it was really rolled out by by Eric and by by Brock um, in, in addressing uh, this key issue. And so, as as a county commissioner, and especially as somebody who served at kind of a state level in, in the association of counties, I can't be more proud of, of of our county attorney's office. Not only how they handle the prosecution side but how they handle the the civil side. I mean, we mm-hmm. just really have a great team. And I think that speaks a lot to Brock's leadership. And it also speaks a lot to, to Eric, who's been right there with him as a deputy, is that they've built this great team of uh, attorneys. We have some of the best. And um, it's a great group that Eric has inherited to, to lead out on. So. And, and just a little bit of follow-up on that. You know, you're hearing nationally um, a lot of the – the people running for the Democrat presidential nomination are talking about criminal justice reform. President Trump's talking about criminal justice reform. Sure. But as you start looking at the details of how they talk about it, there's some pretty significant differences there. On on the left, they're saying, well, hey, we're locking too many people up. We just need to decriminalize everything. We need to, we need to, we're, we need to say that's not bad yeah. behavior anymore. Mm-hmm. And, and what we're doing with our program in our county is the opposite of that. We're saying, no, no, this is still bad behavior. There are going to be consequences. We just want to help those consequences fit what's going to help the person get better so that the taxpayers aren't paying to lock them up over and over again. So it should save money in the long run. We're not saying, no, those are, those are okay things to do. Let's just have you know, injection sites around our community where people can go get shot right. up with drugs. Right. Um, but we're, we are trying to address the issues that are out there. It's, it's kind of interesting because it sounds like one of those touchy-feely liberal ideas, but really it's, it's, it's a heart of conservatism, right? It's the heart of this idea that, that it's, it's personal responsibility and it's also you know, individual freedom and accountability that we're, we're bringing into a process, but we're making it work for the people. And also we're maximizing for the taxpayer because the taxpayer can't just keep building more and more pods onto the jail. Right. You know, we can't just keep expanding public safety for the jail. We need to, to really make a, an impact. And so it is conservative, very conservative, what we're talking about. When I was uh, in a previous life, about, about a dozen years ago or so, I was a bail bondsman. Yeah. And uh, as you guys were talking about this, I thought about this young couple that I uh, had bailed her out before. And at, at the time, I was bailing him out. And they were late 20s, maybe early 30s, had a three- or four-year-old kid. And they were, they were both addicted to meth. And 
they they t- were trying so hard to get over this addiction. They, tr- you know, they they didn't. Uh, I don't know that they ever went into actual rehab, but they tried everything they could in their own individual power to get over this because they knew they had this kid, and if they didn't figure things out, they were going to ruin this young person's life. Not only their own lives, but this this young child of theirs' life. And I and I thought, as you were talking about, this, I thought I thought about that young couple. I thought, man, what if we'd had a program in place for them twelve years ago or or whatever, however long it was. Uh, yeah, it's it's not good enough. It's not good enough to just keep throwing them back in jail. We've got yeah, to, we've yeah. got to find a better way. Yeah. And and I like what you said, Eric, about the difference between well, let's just decriminalize everything, uh, you know, and we'll make it okay. And that's not okay. That is not okay. But the fact that you're saying, hey, we can uh, address it a different way. Instead of changing the law, we can maybe help the people that are breaking the law to figure out how to stop doing that. So yeah. I love that. Yeah, that's awesome. Now you're, uh, you're you're kind of putting yourself out there. When you become the county attorney, you become the guy that has to be reelected, right? And, and, and as opposed to the deputy county attorney, which was an appointed job, correct? Yeah, and a, and a pretty secure appointed job at that. So, <laughs> so does that make you nervous, knowing that in a few months you uh, you could find yourself unemployed? Um, you know. We kind of had our first event this past weekend with the Republican Day, or the Lincoln Day fundraiser for the Republican sure, Party, sure. and it was the first time I'd ever put my name on a sign and, and been out there meeting people and kind of introducing myself, and it was a blast. Was it? I had a ton of fun with it. Cool. Um, you know, my, my wife's a little nervous that you know our income could go from what it is to nothing after, <laughs> on an election to cycle. Well, you can, you can come and sweep floors here at the radio station <laughs> if you want, if it doesn't work out. But so. but it's it's I'm excited about it. I'm excited to get out and be talking to people about what the county attorney's office does. Very very cool. So you, how long were you a deputy county attorney? Nine years. Nine years. So uh, you're not a newbie. You, no, you've been involved. Uh, is it going to be uh, not having Brock there as your as your uh, safety net as your fallback guy? Is, I mean, the buck stops with you now, Eric. Yeah, and 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 that's that's kind of fun and exciting too. The good thing is that both the county attorney's office and Washington County in general, we're a team. And and everybody is really good at what they do. So, you know, Ryan Shom is the lead prosecutor in our office. Mm-hmm. Stellar, stellar attorney. Been doing it for 20-plus years. Law enforcement around the county know that, hey, something something messed up kind of happens. We're going to pick up the phone. We're going to call Ryan and say, how, to, how do we work through this crime scene? Yeah. Um, the county commissioners are, are phenomenal. And, and their support and the things that they do and the other elected officials. So, you know, it's, yeah, like there, there are things that as county attorney I'm the decision maker for, but there's still an awesome support group and there's still great collaboration that happens there. And luckily, Brock's not too far down the road from us when I've got to call and be like, Brock, how do I handle still this? Got, still got a cell number, right? Yeah. <laughs> cool. Uh, now, how many people do, you were going over all the people that are elected officials for the county. Yeah. And I was I was actually really surprised at how many were how, how many were there when you were going like ten of them or twelve. Well, there's nine of us all together when nine. you count the three county commissioners. So there's there's six other elected officials besides besides the county commission. And and so the reason I put that out there is a lot of times people are like, hey, three members of a county commission that's just not enough representation. But but the county is so kind of different than than a city and these positions would just be hired by the by the city manager manager, or or, or in conjunction with the mayor and so the county we do function as a team as far as the way we represent Uh, we consult we each have our different roles 
but for, that's the reason I think it's critical to kind of bring in the county attorney. Uh, another thing that we haven't even talked about is um, also the Children's Justice Center, which uh, mm-hmm. does these really difficult interviews with these for these young people. Sure. You know, that's uh, that's under the realm of the county uh, attorney as well. One thing that uh, you know, speaking of them being at the kind of the spear, the point of the spear, they've also um, stepped back and hired a, an interviewer for assault cases involving sexual assault. Because sometimes when you're talking about a, a police officer or somebody that's out there doing an investigation, it can kind of vary from from uh, from person to person. And it's important to get consistency and also have that victim in an environment where they're not victimized or feel victimized for the second time. Yeah. And so Brock has rolled this out uh, in conjunction with Eric just uh, – I think it's been about six months we've had that position up and going, maybe even less. Yeah, and well, they're just seeing great results from it. Yeah, we've, we've actually only had it. The grant was approved six months ago. It's been up and going for two to three months, and we've done way more interviews than we thought we were going to do in that. Like, I think we're over 25 interviews now. And it's not that, you know, that our law enforcement wasn't doing a great job before, but when someone goes through a traumatic, you know, a sexual assault, Mm-hmm. For most people, clearly the worst experience they're going to have in their life, right? Right. Um, we've now got a, a safe place that's comfortable that they can come in and, and an interviewer who's trained so that they're talking about that in a way that isn't, that isn't re-traumatizing them to the, to, the, to, the, to, the, to the maximum extent possible while still giving us everything we need so right. that the prosecutor can go after those guys. Because those are, those are tough cases oh, a yeah. lot of times to prove and so the better the better we can get on that first interview the better off we are at, at getting those guys locked up for a long time that are doing those crimes all right well we've got to get <clears throat> excuse me got to get a break in here guys very good uh we'll uh, step aside eric clark the uh, new county attorney and Vic iverson is with me here on the andy griffin show we're going to take a, a quick break when we come back we'll take your calls we will also talk about some of the other cool stuff that's happening and that election that's not that far off Good morning and welcome back. It's 934. This is News Radio 94.9, 890 KDXU. Andy Griffin with you. I've got County Commissioner Vic Iverson in the room with me. Also a new county attorney, Eric Clark with an E. Clark with an E, by the way. I don't have to, you don't have to say the E. It's just there, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kind of like the, kind of like the silent E. It is a silent E. Yeah. So was Superman was, uh, that, that was Clark Kent, not, uh, Kent yeah. Clark. That shows you a little dyslexia in me. You know? like, <laughs> how'd they spell that? You know. So, yeah. No. He kind of looks like Superman. He does. Yeah. 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 So that was, that was how I got people to learn how to say my name when I was on my mission in Argentina. Is I had a Superman sticker that I'd show them. Yeah. And they'd be like, Clark, they'd be like Clark. Oh, I can oh, say okay. that. Now. Nice. Nice. Uh, now Eric is taking over for Brock Belknap, who took a job with the Washington County Water Conservancy District, right? Yep. yep. Uh, taking on the Lake Powell Pipeline project, yes, which seems like an awful lot of work, guys. Oh my it goodness! Is. It's uh, you know it is moving forward. I, I know you probably have um, uh, Zach Rentstrom in from time to time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you used to have Ron Thompson, but um, it is marching forward. It, it's been moved over, of course, to the Department of Reclamation, which is also in the Department of Interior. But it's a lot better to have them as what's called the lead agency. So. Hmm. So anyway, you know, water is absolutely critical to our, our community. And I know that as we grow, there's a lot of that uh, anxiety that that everyone feels. But at the same time, like I've said before on this show, we have almost 35, 30, 
something thousand students in in the Washington County School District. When you add another ten or twelve thousand down at the university, you know we have forty thousand young people. That that our growth in Utah and our growth in Washington County is not as much move in as you think. It's a it's a lot of our own family that are living here, and so water is going to be absolutely critical, along with other very important transportation infrastructure. I know that um, as you come in and you know you drive up and down the boulevard and up and down Bluff Street, we have to. Mother Nature has created this beauty around us, but it also uh, limits where we can build roads. And so we've been very um, involved in working with our federal partners to secure right-of-ways, and, and Eric's been right at the heart of that, as well as uh, protecting our traditional um, right-of-ways and what's called RS-2477, those historical accesses out on public land that allow people to, to use it in the traditional uses. So. And that's, yeah, that, one's, that one we don't talk about as much. Any, mm-hmm. um, RS-2477 seems like it kind of flares up and then settles down and flares up and settles down. But that was actually the first project that I was involved in when I came to the county. Commissioner mm-hmm. Alan Gardner grabbed me my second day on the job and said, we're going to Richfield and we're going to talk about RS-2477. Wow. Um, we spent most of the next year drafting our lawsuit, 200-page lawsuit, um, going after the roads in conjunction with most of the other counties in the state, everybody that has BLM land. And so, you know, for seven years, Washington County has had a lawsuit against the federal government over 433 roads. And and they've kind of put most of those in a holding pattern while the courts try to figure out how do we deal with this. Because the average, a, a typical road lawsuit where you're trying to figure out who owns what can take pretty easily a day of road for witness testimony. And so you can imagine if we had a 433 roads... If we were going to be in trial for that uh, for two years, basically, yeah, um, that would be, and, and then for the court staff to do that for twenty different counties, mm-hmm. like both the cost of the taxpayers in in legal fees from the Department of Justice and from the state and from the counties and the courts, um, it's just kind of crazy to think about trying to do that. One of the cool things that the Trump administration has done. Um, hit the folks in the Department of Interior called the state and said, "Hey, we want to look at a different way." To, to work this out. We've got to be able to figure out a lot of these roads. One of our RS-2477 roads is Old Highway 91. Um, and the federal government hasn't acknowledged that that's a county-owned road, not a federally-owned road at this point. Right. Not really? Like, mm. It's just kind of crazy that we still spend money fighting over these things. Um, and so the the Trump administration said, well, we think there's another process. And the state called our office, because they know that our office has been more plugged in than just about any other county attorney's office on this. And any day now, um, we're hoping on a decision on on an administrative process. So we, we just we tried it out with one of our roads, and and we're going to see how that goes. That'll come back. We'll get sued by environmental groups, and then we'll work through that. <laughs> um, but we're hoping that we can administratively pick off the vast majority of those roads aren't disputed. Clearly, the county's been out there maintaining them. People have been riding on them for, for decades. We didn't put any road in the lawsuit that I couldn't find an aerial photograph in the 1960s that showed it as a road going somewhere. And so hopefully in the next couple of weeks, we'll have that headline where we're the first ones to kind of do this other non-court process to figure out this issue. And then we can start processing and moving that direction so that we're not tying up all that time and resources into courts, fighting over roads that really we don't need to be fighting over. Why why is this to the average person important as to whose road it is? Good question. Um, 
and, and this is kind of getting into the weeds on our public lands fights, right? But the, the MO for the environmental groups is they go out there and they convince a federal agency to close roads. And then after a road has been closed for a few years, then they go to the BLM and they say, now make that a wilderness study area because people don't drive out there, so it's wilderness. <laughs> and then as soon as it's a wilderness study area, you're not mountain biking out there, you're not hiking. Like, it, it basically is locked down for the vast majority of people to never see or enjoy. And um, it significantly can limit grazing. It completely limits any mineral extraction. So, like, the, the roads are the first step in in locking up the land if they can get rid of the roads then they can get a designated wilderness study wow and then and so that's kind of the slippery slope where it starts sure and so if the counties can say no no these are county or state-owned roads then we prevent that from happening and we're not saying let's go out and strip mine the whole west side of the county but but we should be able to have that historical access those historical uses that people have been out there doing forever and it's beautiful out there people take care of our land because we want to go out and enjoy it and recreate on it we just don't want those opportunities to go away over the years. Yeah, yeah no, I, I, that, that actually you explained it very clearly there in the fact that uh, it's kind of weird what the way they're doing it. It's just like they're, they're getting their little foot in the door and then all of a sudden taking everything over, you know. It's like, it's like uh, well, I was, I was going to use a couple of analogies, but I'll let you guys keep, keep going on this. And we do have some callers on, on the line. I don't know if you guys want to keep. Absolutely. Let's take them. All right. Uh, thank you for being patient. Uh, you're on with uh, Andy. I'm with Vic Iverson and Eric Clark. How are you? Excellent. Is that me? That's you. Yeah, fire away. All righty now. This is especially for Andy uh, uh, and the uh, your other two guests too, my, uh, can chime in. I just wanted to know what the two whales said to each other out in the Ivan's Desert when they met. In the... Two, the two whales, two whales in the desert. In the desert. No, what did they say? Long time no see, Andy. <laughs> that's, that's good. That, that's no a see. desert joke if, if you need it for future references. So. I'll remember um, that one. My daughter I testified there. before Congress uh, when they had that hearing uh, in St. George. I was given a, a ticket to speak to the congressman and the like, and the subject was the VLM. And uh, as far as I can tell, they had a nice little meeting. They went on the record, and absolutely nothing happened. And mm-hmm. so maybe Eric might be interested in, and the commissioner, why don't we just remove the BLM from Washington County? And then we don't have to fight with them or anything else. We just tell them, you're not welcome here. I don't see your bill of sale where Washington County was sold to the BLM. Thoughts, guys? So, so I mean, I, I think that, that that, and then there are, total, there are a ton of other fair questions as, as you look at different, the way that the federal government has grown and, and influenced the, the western states in the last hundred years. Um, at, at the end of the day, what you're talking about is, is a policy issue, um, and, and so it's a policy question that, that the, the county commissioners would make the call on. And, and, and they always have to balance, and Victor can talk to this better than me, how, much, how many taxpayer resources are we going to put into something? Um, if, if we draw the line and say, hey, we're going to go out and, and arrest 
all of the the BLM and Forest Service law enforcement guys because they're because they, they're federal and they don't have jurisdiction in the state to be doing stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, or we're gonna or we're gonna say, hey BLM employee, you can't require a permit to do something or, or, or throw me into court. Um, those are all fights that that as a local government, the county can go after. The question is just how much do our voters want us to spend on those? Because it's not like we can just draw the line and say, okay, now we're done. It's going to be a big, long, protracted legal fight. Either or, yeah. And mm. and and so that's the issue: is how much do we spend on those things that that, that are difficult wins in the federal court system? Well, is, is has the BLM set up adversarially to us? I mean, are they our enemy at this point? I know that's a loaded question, <laughs> Eric, but uh, and you want to answer? But so so I work. I um. There are definitely those days. Where I've sat across from the BLM and we've gone back and forth, you know, toe to toe on 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 what they can and can't do in the county. Um, in our county, we've always worked really hard to have partnerships with everybody, and 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 clearly, you know, um, I, I I think it's a it's a tough sell to say we're going to kick the BLM out and and legally have a federal judge sign off on that. Right. Um, so we've always treated them as as a partner and work together on everything we can work together with that, you know, this afternoon or after this meeting, the commissioners are going to go out and look at a potential shooting range in Santa Clara. That's on BLM land with BLM employees. Hmm. Um, so, so we always try really hard to do those things and get along on the things we can get along on and just agree that there are some things we're going to disagree on. And maybe we settle those in court. Maybe we settle those administratively, um, trying to work through the process. I'll be a little more, maybe, Politically incorrect. Okay. Oh, I like that. There's a lot of discussion um, about the deep state back in Washington, D.C. Right. There's no doubt that there's people inside these federal agencies that are uh, trying to undermine uh, the the executive branch, even though they work for the executive branch, and they're trying to make sure that their policies and their philosophies and their worldviews are put forward. I would say that that applies at a local level as well. And um, what that means, and the way that looks here locally, is we have some fabulous people. In fact, I would say the majority of the people that work for the BLM are fabulous. Uh, the people that work for Federal Fish and Wildlife Service, well, not quite as many of them are fabulous, but there's probably a few. I haven't quite met them yet, but I'm okay. sure they're there. Um, but in the meantime, uh. you know, the county, we we do have to make this choice, and it it's um it, it's all about, you know, we're a political subdivision of the state. And, and frankly, uh, the federal government has more money and power and federal judges than we do. Um, we do try to work uh, with them the best we can. And uh, Eric is a really good um, counselor for us county commissioners because he's able to, to, to bring our – you know, he's able to, to help us work with these, these different partners uh, and, and accomplish the goals that we need to accomplish. But it does – Sometimes it does test my patience as a as a county commissioner. I'm just sitting there thinking, is everybody else in the room on drugs? I mean, you know, <laughs> you know, how do I understand your your philosophies here? But Eric is so gr- good at at you know the hours and hours it takes to to navigate this this minefield. I wish it was as simple as just inviting them to let Leave. us manage the land. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I wish it was that simple. But I. I probably should back up because there's probably some great BLM folks that are listening to this. I, I really do mean it. We have some great people at the local level in the Forest Service and the BLM that are working with us. And, and we want to encourage 
are, you know, we, our local kids that are graduating from high school and looking for jobs that would enjoy working in those entities, we need more local people in those federal agencies. We need more locals in the national park system. Um, we, we need them in the BLM and in the Forest Service because those are the perspectives that we, we want them to have the things they've been out on these lands all over the place. We don't want a bunch of people who have been raised in cities moving yeah, out here. Yeah, Chicago and New York and L.A. And, and coming out here telling us how to run our lands. Yeah. We, we don't need that. We need local people. Yeah. And we haven't even mentioned that we have a national park that takes up, you know, a million-plus acres in Washington County. So, so yeah. And then you add in state parks and whatnot. So. All right, let's let's get one more break in. When we come back, we'll continue with Eric and with Vic. We're talking about Washington County. We're talking about land and who who owns it and why, and and we'll get to more of that when we come back. Also, you're welcome to call six seven three five eight nine zero. Do want to thank Joe Shoney. He is a local loan consultant focusing on customer service. Joe Shoney online at the socialsurvey.me website has hundreds and hundreds of reviews and averages four point nine two stars out of 302 reviews that's an, that's an incredible number uh this one by rich uh joe and his team made it happen thank you five stars this is celeste said both joe and sue were very accommodating meeting around my work schedule and needs anytime i called or emailed for questions or concerns they responded in a timely manner even on the weekends five stars for joe shoney again the uh, how do you get a hold of joe shoney it's 435-590-6300 or you can email him joe.shoney s-e-h-o-n-e-y joe.shoney at nafinc.com we'll be right back Welcome back to the program. It's 9.51. This is News Radio 94.9, 890 KDXU. I'm back from vacation. Thank you for being patient while I was gone. We play a little best of and stuff, and people don't necessarily love those because they can't call in and, and chime in. But now you've got your chance, 673-5890. I'm here with Vic Iverson, the county commissioner who is an elected official and, uh, and works full-time. And with uh, Eric Clark, who is uh, an, uh, at the moment appointed interim, but will be an elected fi- official uh, come election time. Uh, it takes a lot of guts, and I said this before, t- for you guys to put yourself out there realizing that if you don't get reelected, you don't have a job anymore, and you got to, I don't know, start over or figure out what it is you want to do for a while. D- d- is that I'll ask you first, Vic. Is that kind of humbling to think, man, I screw you know, up and is, it's over? That is an interesting comment. I. I've been at the grassroots for a long time yeah. as far as Washington County goes. And just I used to always go out and encourage people, hey, you should run for city council or you should run for public office, you know, people that I that I had a lot of respect for. Sure. And then as I was running for it, I looked at myself and I thought, I'm never going to encourage anybody to run for public office again because, you know, this is kind of a vulnerable experience. And, yeah. and you really do need to kind of put yourself out there. But at the same time, try to listen and represent, uh, you know, your points of view. I know this. I probably shouldn't share this. I a lot of times say that that running for public office is kind of like skinny dipping in the public pool. <laughs> I mean, you know, you're just out there, and, and you, you're right. You don't have as much privacy, and you do need to just be open to everyone. And so, yeah. But I still continue to encourage people. This is representative government requires people to step up, put their name out there, and and uh, and try to represent their community. And um, the reason I do it is because I absolutely love this community, and I'm also very conscious of those who have gone before, who have worked so hard to make this community survive and thrive. And, and I almost feel in my heart that I owe it 
to my children to continue to try to build a legacy of prosperity here in Washington. Awesome. County. So it really kind of it's almost a, something that that's in your bones. Mm. Uh, you know, I, I will say this. Uh, I get out there, and sometimes people are like, oh, wouldn't you like to run for, you know, a higher office? No, I love county government. I love, you know, being at the, at the county level. That's where you can really solve problems and, and listen to people and work together on stuff. So, Hey, let's go to the phone lines again. Uh, caller, you're on with Andy. I'm with uh, Vic Iverson and Eric Clark from the county. How are you today? Good morning. Don from Santa Clara. I just want to put a shameful plug for Mr. Clark. I actually got to work with him a little bit and know his work ethic. So, I mean, gosh, Eric, it's, it's so good to see you elevate this position and just like to see you elected. And then, Victor, of course, I mean, you've been awesome. I remember when you were telling some, some guy named uh, Mike Lee, maybe he should be a good candidate for a senator and, hmm. and how we were able to pull him off and get him where he needed to be uh, back in 2010. So, that uh, I mean, well. I just appreciate yeah. all your efforts. Uh, that that means a lot, Don. We've been through uh, quite a few campaigns together as well. I think we uh, we both worked on the Chris Stewart campaign as well together. And that's true. Some others, but I mean, and that's the thing too is is people get involved. I mean, there's there's a lot of things you can do to really help out this community, and we don't want people from you know other places coming in here and telling us how to run our our public lands or or our own neighborhoods. And if you don't get involved, you know these are things that will start happening because. If, if you don't stand up and do what you need to do to help protect your community, it's going to be like all those places that people left. Yep. We don't want that. I mean, it's I see some really strong efforts from our local government to try to keep things going the right way. So, no, I just I want to say thank you to, to, to both you and, and Andy for, you know, letting them be on. My thank pleasure. You. I appreciate pleasure. that. Thank you. Thank you, Don. Good, Good, to, guys. Good to talk to you today. Um, yeah, those are some pretty cool names in there, Chris Stewart and, and Mike Lee, two guys I have a lot of respect for yeah. uh, that, that are out there serving. Uh, let, let's, let's turn the question over to you now uh, and that whole election thing. I mean, does that, does that scare you a little bit, knowing you could be unemployed in a few months uh, if, you, if, if you don't get reelected? Oh, definitely. Definitely, um, okay. <laughs> but, but, I mean, you've got to have other things you want to do. Nobody, nobody runs for public office. Well, hopefully – People don't run for public office for, for something they're going to do forever. And and we have to have people that are willing to step up and take their turns. And, and you know, Victor said it better than me because he's way better at this than I am. <laughs> but, but representative government doesn't work if people aren't willing to stick their name on the sign yeah. and try to do something for a few years. For sure, for sure. Uh, we've only got about three minutes left. Uh, Eric, I wanted to ask you your vision for – for your office, for what you needed, are there a couple of things that you've been kind of had on the back burner that you're like, okay, I'm the guy now. This is these are a couple of things I really want to do. So there are three things that I'm really focused on. Okay. Um, the the first is supporting law enforcement. You know, the county attorney's office is there to prosecute the crimes um, because the police arrest people and they go into those dangerous situations and, and yeah. keep us all safe. Yeah. And and so it's really important that we just make sure that they feel that. Around our in, in our community, I think they always have, and I think they always will. Around our country, there are a lot of places where the local law enforcement doesn't feel that from the community. Right. So that's that's super important. The court support services we've talked about, mm-hmm. continuing to, to, to just kind of solidify that program so it is the model that others can be looking to, but so that we're helping people. And, and if you miss that, folks, is basically instead of just throwing people in jail and, and then when they get out, they're back again. It's, it's trying to get them to have a reason not to come back. Yeah. To jail. Okay. And then and then the last one is the one where, you know, I've put 
the bulk of my time and effort in since I've been with the county is is continuing to work on these public land issues, and and continuing to you know the, our county leads out on on how do we balance growth in a responsible way so that our our community still feels like our community, mm-hmm. but that we're dealing with the growth, and and so whether it's you know desert tortoises, northern corridor, historic roads, whatever the issue is of the week, um, I I continue to you know. I'm, that's where I kind of develop some expertise and have a niche, and that I know those rules and regulations, I know the laws, and I work to to further those things with the county commission and who takes the lead on that policy end, and we just do the legal work. Very cool. Couple of a couple of notes as you guys are talking. Number one, uh, we don't call it skinny dipping in my family; we call it chunky dunking. <laughs> uh, and number two, there were there were turtles. I was I just got back from St. Thomas. We got to play with the turtles. They, I mean, you know, they were they were they were there, and we played with them. We held them and, and let them crawl on us and stuff. You can't do that here, so yeah. um, because you'll get arrested or something like that. But uh, yeah, so so turtles turtles are cool, man. If you get to hang out with them a little bit. But uh, all right, guys, man, I appreciate you coming in here, uh, Vic. It's always good to see you. Uh, it's funny you always say I shouldn't say this, and then you go ahead and say things. I love that about you. I love that. <laughs> And, and Eric's been a little bit more conservative with the things that, that he has said. He doesn't say I shouldn't say this and then says them anyway. Exactly. He just doesn't say them. So, uh, uh, but, well, I appreciate you guys. Uh, I guess you're on the job full-time now. Brock has already moved over. and Today's the first day. Today's so it. Really? It. Yeah. First day. Wow. Congratulations so. to you and, uh, and climbing that big mountain. and. Uh, keep fighting the fight for public lands, man. I, I know that's one of those things that a lot of people, maybe your average person doesn't really think about that much. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we, we don't want the federal government to take over our public lands. No way, no how. Yep. We need so, access. So. All right. Uh, 20 seconds. Final thoughts, Eric? Andy, thanks for having me here. Um, it's fun. Love the community. Love your listeners and what we get to do here. It's a great place to live in. The world. That's why we're all here. Very good. Thanks for coming by, Vic. Thank you so much. It's just great to be here. And, you know, the weather here isn't uh, that bad either. No, it's not. Open lines tomorrow. Give me a call tomorrow. I'd love to hear from you. Time now for news.